Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman, and we're continuing our 2021 college football preview series as we go ahead and look at the group of five. Uh, since we last talked, TJ, a lot has happened in college football uh, with Texas and Oklahoma heading to the SEC, um, and it could have uh, dire consequences on the group of five and, and college football as a whole, but we're not going to focus on that today. We'll focus on, um, you know, whether or not this is the year that the group of five cracks the top four and gets into the college football playoff. Uh, but before we get started, we do have a word from our friend, friends over at Spotify Green Room. Uh, Spotify Green Room is a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me and have a chance to be featured on our uh, podcast as well. Uh, I'll be hosting rooms every week on, uh, on Saturday before the games. Uh, come through and talk with me live. Uh, that's that's our uh, new thing this year. We're going to have a tailgate podcast, uh, hopefully live from uh, Bloomington uh, and the other sites of the games. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app, free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, uh, and join uh, any group that you want. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at Hoosier Huddle. Uh, Hoosier underscore huddle, and we'll be on Spotify Green Room shortly. Uh, come share your spiciest takes with us. All right, TJ, group of five, we are winding down our preview series. Uh, and the biggest question right now uh, out in the open, is this the year that the group of five gets a team in the playoff? Well, uh, I mean, I'm going to say no. And that's going to come across as dismissive or a slight, uh, but I, I just don't think that the system is set up to allow a group of five team into uh, the, the college football playoff. Now, Cincinnati does have the schedule uh, to to make a case for that. You know, they have they've got the non-conference games, which should provide them with an opportunity for quality victories like Indiana, Notre Dame. Uh, they played both of those schools on the road, uh, a game that we are you know, very aware of. It's, it's going to be a major test for IU. Uh, yeah, and it, and it looks like it's going to be a sellout. So if you haven't gotten your tickets for that game, um, yeah. I grab them up now. Yep, and uh, that's, that's the first kind of hurdle you have to look at is, what can those teams accomplish in the non-conference? Um, <clears throat> after that, you have to look at, can they be undefeated? 
uh, because I personally do not feel that a one-loss G5 team would ever get into a playoff scenario that we currently have. Uh, they could have terrific wins, but if they drop a game and are sitting at 11-1 and or 12-1, and I don't see that as a feasible formula to make it into the playoff unless extraordinary things happen in the power conferences. So do they have the capability to run the conference in uh, or run their schedule in conference? You're, you're looking at two schools that have that, I think, um, in the American, which certainly is the closest thing to a power conference that we have, uh, Cincinnati and Central Florida. Uh, I, I think UCF is going to be greatly improved over what they were a year ago. Uh, Gus Malzahn, you know, starting up his tenure there certainly is going to be interesting. Uh, but, but those two, and the unfortunate thing for them is they're probably going to play each other twice. Uh, once in the regular season, and then likely once in the American uh, championship. If they split, uh, or if those are very close games, you know, I wonder what the committee is going to think of that. So my short answer is going to be, I think that there are some really good group of five teams. I still don't see them cracking that playoff. Yeah, I could see Cincinnati making it. Um, I'm not saying they will. I think they have the path to get there. Uh, and I think you'll know by the end, by October 17th, whether or not um, they'll get there. Heck, you're probably going to know after October 2nd, after they head to Notre Dame. Um, they open up with Miami of Ohio, got Murray State, and then they come to IU for an open week and heading to Notre Dame. They play UCF at home. October 16th, um, and then he said again, probably in the American Championship. That You're right. The teams, any group of five team has to go undefeated uh, or, you know, maybe a close loss at Notre Dame. But then Notre Dame has to go undefeated as well or a close loss at Indiana. And if Indiana doesn't go undefeated, you know, it's the value of, of, of you know, the weight of those losses uh, that'll help them. And you're going to have to hope that other teams have multiple losses in the power five. Uh, right. But Cincinnati's they're, they're a loaded team. They're really, really good on defense. They get Desmond Ritter back on offense. Um, and you'll know very early what that team is about. You'll know at least by the, the end of, you know, week four, game four for them, uh, where they stand and things like that. Let's look at the, the rest of uh, the American. You mentioned UCF. Uh, they're, I just don't know if they have the schedule to, to do it. Um, you know, they trying to bring it up here uh, for a second. Yeah, it's not, it's not great, particularly. Well, they get Boise State. And I think Boise State is going to be rebuilt. They're breaking in a new coach. You don't really know what Boise State has um, and no. how, you know, how they'll respond to that. But outside of that, their non-conference is UConn, um, Louisville. You know, Louisville was down last year, but it, it, it's a nice, you know, road game. 
there, you know, you beat Cincinnati and it's, I think that that win even hurts them because then you're taking away, you know, oh, well, Cincinnati has a loss and they, you know, they'll probably have two or three losses at that point if they lose to UCF because they might lose at IU and they might lose at Notre Dame. So, well, it's going to be tough. They'll at least have, I don't think they sweep, I don't think Cincinnati sweeps IU and Notre Dame. Could they? Yeah, I just don't see it happening. I don't see them winning both of those games. Um, on the road. The path path for Central Florida would be be you beat Boise State uh, in the opener on a Thursday night, September 2nd. You win that game, and then you hope that Boise State goes on and and has a really good year, wins the Mountain West. Yep. That's your first step. The second step, you beat Louisville convincingly at Louisville, and then you hope that Louisville exceeds expectations, makes a bowl game, wins like eight games. Yep. So then you'd have two quality wins. You win at Navy and hope that they have a solid season. You beat Cincinnati and hope that the Bearcats have knocked off Indiana and Notre Dame and would be yep. a top 10 team when they play uh, on the 16th of October. That's your path, and then you knock off Cincinnati, who you hope would be 11 and one. You knock them off in the American Championship game. You're sitting there at 13 and 0 with three or four, you know, quality wins, and then you have chaos around you with the uh, other conferences. That's your your path for Central Florida. As you can see, very low likelihood of that happening. Cincinnati. Uh, I think that they can sit there and say, look, if we go unbeaten, we will have a very strong case. And they'd be correct. Uh, They definitely have the easier path. And of any of the group of five teams, I think that they are the the most realistic, you know, shot. But look, the SEC is getting a minimum of one into the playoff. I don't care what that team record is. They're getting one in. The Big Ten is getting a minimum of one in probably only one but still they're getting one in the acc possibly you could take a bid there if if, you know clemson drops a couple games but still wins the conference and you're unbeaten maybe you take that bid the big 12 again if oklahoma drops a couple games but wins the conference maybe you take that one so you're rooting if you're cincinnati or central florida um or you know, another group of five team that has a great year, you're rooting for those conferences outside of the SEC or the Big Ten, really, to have champions that have a couple of losses. And then you can stack your resume against a 10-2 and two or an 11-2 and two and, and have a shot. But there's so many things that have to go right for that to occur. Um, I, I, I think the, the realistic goal is for Cincinnati, for Central Florida, for a couple of others, can we get that New Year's Six game? Yep. Well, yeah, and that, that's a, I mean, that's the, that's the goal. And you go in and you try and make the best resume um, that you could have. I, I liken it to, you know, having expectations as a basketball team of, oh, we're expecting to make the final four. Well, it is such a crapshoot once you get to the tournament that that 
could your team make the final four? Yeah, great. But, you know, Northern Iowa is going to have a dude who goes seven for eight from downtown. And, uh-oh, you're going home on the first Saturday of, uh, you know, of the of the tournament. Um, but you, you just – you control what you can control. And I think Cincinnati has the best schedule of any group of five. And if you go 12-0 and 0, um, with that schedule, that's – and – you know, there's a couple two loss conference champions. That's a heck of a roll of the dice, and I you could end up winning that that gamble. And you know what? Why not? Um, yeah, Cincinnati could give people. And you know, you go back to their their game in the Peach Bowl last year against Georgia and, and things like that. Um, let's move on from the AAC. Let's go to uh, Conference USA, which is. Another conference, we'll see Indiana plays two group of five teams this year in Cincinnati and Western Kentucky. Uh, we're going to take a look at the Conference USA East and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Um, IU travels down to Bowling Green for this. Um, out, of the, out of the Conference USA, it, this should be a fun conference to watch because um, you have UAB uh, who upset Marshall last year in the conference title game. Those two should be pretty good again. Louisiana Tech is exciting and always, you know, ready to play. Um, UTSA uh, is a team that they're, they're coming off a really good 2020 season. We've got most of their guys back. Uh, they could be a factor in there. Uh, Western Kentucky's got some new players coming in uh, as well as a new start, starting quarterback. Uh, so we'll see. But what's your take and we'll get to Western Kentucky in a second, uh, TJ. What's your take on Conference USA? I, I like uh, I like Marshall quite a bit, and it's just interesting. They have a new coach there, uh, but you know it's not expected to be much of a change in terms of system. Uh, not expected to be a whole lot of change in terms of personnel. They did lose their best offensive lineman; he transferred to Notre Dame. Also lost starting running back, but it's a team that throws the ball quite a bit, and they probably have the best quarterback in the conference in Grant Wells. Um, I, I think it's likely to me that West Virginia, or I'm sorry, that Marshall is going to win uh, Conference USA, at least the, the East Division. Um, if you look over at the West, UAB is probably – uh, the best, you know, the best program there. Uh, however, I think the UTSA is is pretty interesting because of the the kind of the recruiting that they have. UTSA heavily focuses uh, on bringing in guys from Texas that are overlooked. Which, if I was the coach of UTSA, that's exactly what I'd be doing. Um, you know, just stay at home and, and get the best talent that you can from that state and roll your dice against everybody else. I think you probably are going to like the outcome more times than not. Uh, and they're, they're pushing for it. Um, so I, I, it's a good league. It's a balanced league, a lot of offense. Um, you know, I, Marshall to me is probably the, uh, the best bet in this conference, just based on the overall talent level. Uh, one team to watch is going to be Florida Atlantic. Um, just they've got a couple of transfers at, at quarterback from 
you know, from big time schools like Nicosi Perry, uh, and then Willie Taggart is at there heading into his second year. Um, I think that that's a, an interesting program. Probably not as interesting as they were under Lane Kiffin, but still, it's it's a fun league to to watch if you get CBS Sports Network. If you don't, then you're probably not seeing too much of Conference USA. Yeah, and uh, speaking of CBS Sports Network, that is the channel that IU versus Western Kentucky um, is yeah. on as well. Uh, we have our Western Kentucky preview up on on the site. Uh, just search it. Uh, we wrote it a, a couple weeks ago as well. Um, going to the other um, group of five conferences, let's go to the Sun Belt. Is Appalachian State running away with this? Uh, running away with this conference because they, oh. they they have a schedule. They're good. They have a chance to knock off Miami early uh, at Miami on September 11th. Uh, they could this be a sneaky team maybe to get into a playoff spot, or is their schedule just not tough enough outside of Miami? It's probably not tough enough. They need Coastal Carolina to be really good. Uh, Coastal, which, by the way, I believe that that's where TJ Ivey went. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Coastal Carolina, of course, you know, splash on the scene. Jamie Chadwell uh, has built that program from the ground up, and, you know, they made a big splash last season with Grayson McCall at quarterback. He's back. Um, and they they bring in, you know, some good transfers. They bring in everybody back up front, uh, a couple of good weapons that uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the defense uh, was, was better last year and I would think would be a little bit better in 21. Uh, had that thrilling win over BYU. It is going to come down to Appalachian State against Coastal Carolina. That game is at Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina. Appalachian State, kind of the old blood in this conference, if you will, uh, which is odd to say because they are not particularly old in terms of uh, Division One football. But <laughs> excuse me, um, I if I had to pick, I'm choosing Appalachian State because I do think. Uh, I think Coastal Carolina had kind of lightning in a bottle a little bit last year. Um, and Appalachian State was working with the new coach. Yet again, they've had a lot of turnover uh, in the past decade on their staffs. Just they succeed and then guys move on to bigger programs. Um, I, I, I happen to think that having that game at home, which Appalachian State is one of the places that has a great atmosphere, Having fans back and with that game at home, uh, I on think a Wednesday, on a Wednesday night too. Yeah, yeah, it's a weeknight game. Um, should have a great atmosphere. I'm gonna give the edge to Appalachian State. Uh, the only question is going to be a quarterback because they've they've got to find somebody. I I think that they will. The rest of the roster, I'll take over Coastal. But Coastal does have that quarterback figured out in Grayson McCall. So if they can have a quarterback figured out by the time they play each other, 
uh, in mid-October. I like Appalachian State to win that game. Even unbeaten, though, I don't think there's enough of a schedule there to make a playoff run. Yeah, and if you're an IU fan looking for a team to root for in in um, in the Sun Belt, uh, head over to South Alabama, where our old friend yeah. Kane Womack is the new head coach. Uh, they've, um, you know, it's another conference that they have weeknight games. It's it's fun to watch uh, and things like that. Let's head out west. Uh, to the to, to the real back. quick, yeah. Go ahead. Real quick on South Alabama, uh, it's going to take a while for Kane. That is not a program that's in a great spot. However, really good new facilities for South Alabama to recruit to uh, a, a fan base that, while fairly small, they do turn up for that team, and they are starting off with a. A power five transferring Jake Bentley at quarterback. Now, he's not been particularly great uh, at Utah or South Carolina, but hey, moving down a level, maybe Kane Womack can, can figure something out with him, along with a couple of other former IU staff members. They hit the transfer portal hard, as you would expect them to. Uh, you're right, that's a team that you can kind of watch. I don't know, probably three or four times during the season on, you know, weird times on ESPN on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully have Kane Womack building that program up to challenge some of the other teams in it. Uh, Sunbelt's a good league, though. A lot of teams that care a whole lot about football. Um, and it's not just about, oh, can we, can we win a national title? Can we challenge for the playoff? No. For these programs here, it's can we win our conference? That is still the most important thing to them. And um, I I think it's it's a lot of fun to kind of pay attention, you know, pick a team that you want to cheer for and root for and get a little bit invested in. Um, and the Sun Belt is a good candidate to, to get invested in. It's a fun group. Yeah. Let's head to the MAC, TJ, where uh, in-state school ball state is uh... – you know, reigning MAC champions, they return yeah. almost everybody from that team uh, that finished in the top 25. Uh, do you see them being the, the MAC favorite again? Uh, they're, you know, it, it's a good year to miss um, to miss Ball State if you're if you're an IU fan uh, as well. Uh, but they do play at Penn State in week two. Um, and they, you got some fun games coming to uh, to Muncie as well. Uh, you get Toledo at home. You get Army at home, uh, who's you know they're really good at running that triple option um, and great tradition there. Uh, Miami of Ohio comes in, uh, Central Michigan and Buffalo to end the season. Uh, this looks like a schedule, a very manageable schedule outside the trip to Penn State. But if Penn State, um, I don't know, it's early in the season. Penn State might not have their things together. They could put a scare into Penn State. Could Ball State, they going to get over 10 wins and, and win the MAC again? Because it's there. The schedule sets up well for it. It's, it's going to be 
Toledo versus Ball State. Um, Ball State does bring back a little more certainty on offense because, again, Toledo has all the answers except a a quarterback. Uh, That's that's the spot that they have to figure out. Um, Everything else, you probably give the edge to Toledo. uh, But quarterback, as we know, ultra-important. And it's going to be a question mark for whether or not uh, they can find that. Tucker Gleason with their uh, the transfer, I'll be honest, no clue what he adds quality-wise. I don't know. But uh, Toledo and Ball State is kind of your, your probably your uh, West Division championship, and that's held in Muncie. So uh, I think that gives the edge to the Cardinals now. I will say I don't think their defense is strong enough, particularly in the secondary, uh, to go to Penn State and come away with the win. I could see that being a fun, entertaining game, uh, but I think Penn State ultimately uh, picks apart Ball State's secondary enough to to get the win there. But certainly that's one you'll be rooting for to to turn the heat up on James Franklin for sure. Yeah, and uh, who do you see in the MAC? West or sorry, East Division. You got Akron, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Miami of Ohio, and Ohio. Buffalo is replacing their coach. Yeah, uh, they replaced him in March. Lance Leopold went to Kansas. Uh, they won the East last year. Does anybody unseat Buffalo in the East? So I think Ohio does also replacing a coach as Frank Schultz. Uh, Frank Solis just retired, but. They just promote from within there. Tim Alvin takes that job. Um, it's The West is certainly the much better uh, side. Um, I think you might have maybe three teams over in the West that were probably favorites in the East, but uh, I'll take Ohio as the uh, the team to, to get the East. I do think Buffalo takes a step back, and replacing Lance Leopold is, is not something that I think is going to – uh, be easy for Buffalo to do in the long run. Um, I think the rest of the Mac is probably quite happy to see him move on. Yeah, uh, it's you know Lance Leopold did wonderful things at at Buffalo, but we've seen Buffalo coaches uh, go to Kansas before and not perform well. So, uh, wishing Coach Leopold the best uh, out there at Kansas. Let's move west to the Mountain West, uh, TJ. Uh, Boise State is the flagship team of that conference. Uh, they get a their schedule is pretty tough. They get um, you know the, the opening trip on Thursday night to UCF, uh, but they do get to host a Power Five team at home in Oklahoma State at Albertson Stadium in, in Boise on the Smurf turf. Uh, they also have to go to BYU. Uh, the second weekend of of October. Could this team sneak into the playoffs if they run the table? Um, and, you know, what what are your expectations for Boise State? They are replacing their head coach, uh, Brian Harson, who went down to take the, the job at Auburn. But we've seen that before as Chris Peterson left to go to, uh, to, go to Washington. And, you know, that they've built up enough tradition and talent uh, where they just reload on on head coaches and don't really take a step back. 
So if Boise State goes unbeaten, I think that they have the name cachet, which does help for a, you know, a G5 team or a Power 5 team. Having been there before around the playoff picture or around the BCS picture, going back to when, when Boise was threatening there, uh, I think that gives you a little bit of assistance if you're making a push again. Um, that being said, I don't see Boise State at that level this season. I think it will be a bit of a step back. And I actually, I don't think they're the best team in this conference. I, I like Nevada um, to actually to win the Mountain West. I think they're going to win the West Division. Um, Boise's in the Mountain Division. But uh, I, I think Nevada has the best offense in this league. I think Carson Strong is a very good quarterback, and they've got a lot of weapons. Jay Norvell has kind of built up this program, and I think it's going to be his uh, his best team. They do have to go uh, to Boise State. I think they'll play them twice. I think they'll go there in October for the regular season matchup. I think Nevada takes down San Jose State in the West, which is also going to be a very good team. Uh, they play in Nevada, San Jose State does, uh, in November. I like the Wolfpack to win that game, win the West, and then win the Mountain West Conference title game uh, to take this conference. I, that's a bit of a, of a risky pick because Nevada's been talented before and hasn't really put it all together, but I like them to get over that hump this season. You're going to know Nevada, what Nevada's about after, after game three or game yeah. four. Um, they do play California in the opener, uh, which – that's a big game for the Pac-12. Uh, you know, it, it's one of these late night Fox Sports yep. one, one games, but it's it's all about perception. And, and if you know Cal, Cal is supposed to be nearing the next step uh, in, in their progression under Justin Wilcox. And if you lose to Nevada at home, it does not look good for the Big or the Pac-12. Um, and that's one of those games where, you know, Cincinnati gets affected because uh, it could hurt the Pac-12 champion. California is not going to win the Pac-12, but they'll play the Pac-12 champion. And so, you know, it, it hurts, you know, Oregon's or whoever's going to play, uh, you know, win the Pac-12, hurt their strength of schedule. They also have a trip to Kansas State in week three. Um you know, they could start the year two and three as well, and, and then they go to Boise State. It, it, that's a tough schedule. That's as tough of a schedule um, to open the season for, for Group 5 uh, that I've seen this year. Uh, if you need yeah. a team to root for in the Mountain West, we have another friend back over at Fresno State. Kalen DeBoer, former IU offensive coordinator, is at Fresno State. It is his second year there. Um and he should have things going in the right direction. They play another tough schedule. They have to go to Oregon. They have to go to UCLA. Um, but they do host Boise State. They host Nevada uh, as well. They do have to go to Wyoming. War Memorial Stadium is a tough, tough place to play. And you also have that trip out to Hawaii. Uh, how, how is Kalen DeBoer going uh, to do – out in uh, out west at Fresno State this year. 
Well, uh, Ronnie Rivers is their running back. He's one of the better players in this conference. Um, I think most predictions have them third in the West Division, slotted behind San Jose State and Nevada, um, who both have you know more established programs right now. Uh, and then San Jose State got back Nick Starkle uh, at quarterback for another season for him. I think that might be number six for him in, in college. Um, so I, I've got them slotted third as well. Uh, I do think that the offense with Ronnie Rivers is going to score 35 plus a game. Um, that's that's a good starting point. I mean, they they've got to figure out uh, got to figure out the defense because that uh, that group did not perform all that last season, but. Um, William Inge is the coordinator there, uh, another former Hoosier, and they added a bunch of transfers after giving up more than 30 points a game. So uh, they need to figure that side of the ball out. I think the offense will perform, but getting ahead of San Jose State and um, uh, Nevada's a tough ask this season, but I think that is a program on the rise under Caleb DeBoer. Big season for him, though. They, they need to, to show progress here in year two. Yeah, they totally do. Um, and it's something that, you know, that, that was their guy uh, as well coming in to replace Jeff Tedford um, yeah. at Fresno State. So, you know, we'll see. The two coordinators that IU lost had coaching jobs, those were the number one choices for both of those teams. It'll be fun to see where they go, and we wish them the best of luck. Um, final thoughts on the group of five, TJ. Well, again, neither of us think that it's likely that any of these group of five teams end up in the college football playoff. It's possible for a couple of them. Uh, they can have those realistic dreams like Cincinnati. I think Central Florida are probably the only two that can really, if they're honest with themselves, have that as a dream this coming season, but still these are meaningful games with fan bases that really care a lot of really fun, good atmospheres. Um, if you are the type of fan that only watches IU play, uh, you know, that's fine. That's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, I understand, trust me, I've got three kids. I understand that time is very valuable. You might not have time or an interest in watching you know, a, a Tuesday night Mountain West game or a, a Friday night Mountain West game or a, a Maxion game, uh, you know, at, at nine o'clock on, on a Wednesday or whatever. Um, you might not have any interest in that, but I, I do think it's worth your time to check out, you know, some American Athletic Conference, some Sunbelt, some Conference USA, Mountain West late at night. Uh, I think it's really fun football outside of the, the beaten path that um, you don't have to be super invested in it, but give it a chance, check in on it. And there are some IU connections to follow as well. Um, I think the best group of five team this coming season is Cincinnati. It's going to be a whale of a challenge for IU to knock them off. Uh, they belong in the conversation as one of the best, you know, 10 to 15 teams this coming season Group of five, power five, no holds barred. They're one of the best teams out there. Uh, beyond that, I think Central Florida um, has a, a claim as a top 25 type school this season. 
uh, and then I, I think there's some, I would probably third, I'd probably pick either Appalachian State uh, or Nevada uh, out of that, uh, that group. But again, I, I think there's some really fun football that's worth your time if you give it a shot. Yeah, I love the, the midweek games um, out of the group of five. There's usually something funky going on, uh, either with the weather. Um, you usually get some fog games in the fall uh, in, in Maction. Uh, offense is usually uh, rolling in, in these conferences as well. And, um, you know, it, it's going to I think it's going to impact the playoff this year in some shape or form. Plus, you got some good group of five power five. Uh, matchups to keep an eye on it's going to be a very entertaining year plus after a year with very little uh, college football in the way these games it's going to be nice to have a full slate uh, of all the FBS games as well uh, TJ that does it for tonight's podcast when we come back next week we will start breaking down the Big Ten we'll start in the Big Ten West and bring it back home uh, with the Big Ten East uh, so stay tuned and uh, stay safe TJ, thank you for joining me on the podcast tonight. Absolutely. I hope everybody enjoyed. And uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty now. Big 10 followed up by our IU previews. And before we know it, it's going to be our game preview for Indiana at Iowa. Uh, hopefully we can get you through the next few weeks of the offseason. And then uh, we'll be ready for one of the most anticipated seasons in IU football history. I know we're ready. And we are ready, uh, and we've been previewing this season uh, all summer long with our countdown to kickoff. We are down to day 26 today as we covered Gabe Cohen and Jaron Handy. Uh, we get down to just a quarter portion left of the, the countdown at 25 tomorrow. Um, fall camp is underway. We'll have all of the coverage from fall camp Uh as our our writers, uh, Matt Smith, Evan Orris, and Zach Green have been all over it as well. Um, and, and watching practice and, and uh, talking to players and coaches uh, down in Bloomington. So if you want to follow us, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indiana football news. Also, we have about nine days left on our your Huddle t-shirt and sweatshirt um, apparel uh, sale. The pre-order ends August 18th. Make sure you get your orders in uh, as soon as possible before that date. Remember that if you, there is free shipping uh, on orders $100 or more. It's great stuff. It's the same material that Homefield makes their shirts out of. It's super soft. Uh, there are tanks, crewnecks, hoodies. Long sleeve tees, short sleeve tees uh, in different colors, uh, hats as well in different colors. So uh, help us support uh, the site, what we do as well by by purchasing these items. All the proceeds go to uh, the writers uh, that keep the news coming. So uh, that does it for today's podcast. We'll be back next week to bring it home uh, with the Big Ten West uh, before we do the Big Ten East. Have a great week. Stay safe. And college football is right around the corner. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu. Dot edu slash podcast.